You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Night fans, so sorry you missed the live show, but this replay is brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Gordon and Partners are dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who've been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice directly from somebody you trust, which in our case is Michael Hoffman, a UCF alum. Contact Michael directly at 407-913-5350 or visit the website fortheinjured.com. Don't just trust anybody. Trust a fellow knight. Trust Gordon and Partners for the injured. Hello, Night Nation. Trace Frelko here, and this is the Sons of UCF Live. Let us welcome in Adam and Mike with this in honor and memory of our friend James Reed at Cosseg Advisor. I don't care. Just win. Perfect words, Trace. Obviously a nice win on Saturday and a tricky Navy game coming up. I know it's records mean one thing, but uh, I think this is a tricky one, so can't wait to, to dive in and talk more about it. Hey, ladies. How's it going over there? <laughs> I'm sorry, what would you say, Mike? Hey, hey, ladies. Uh, boy, right off the top of the show. I thought maybe that would make an appearance later. I think it's going to make a few appearances. <laughs> Final score from New Orleans. Knights 38, Tulane 31. Gentlemen, an important road victory for the Knights. Have them in control of their destiny. It was a pretty exciting affair. Pretty good win for the Knights on the road. Yeah, nice win. I mean, uh, we talked about it on the pod this week. Mike said it perfectly. Yeah, uh, we've we've been the best second half team in the nation, but we we started this game really really hot. Obviously, John Rice Plumley uh, with a couple of long runs. Gus clearly saw something in the game plan. I think we were all scratching our heads a little bit at the quarterback decision. And after about three and a half minutes and 110 rushing yards, we were like, oh, that's why. Uh, but overall, nice win. We hang on. It was really kind of never in doubt. I said on the show as well, we probably should have won this game by more. I think we left a bunch of points on the field. Uh, so a nice win against a, a ranked Tulane team at home. Um, you know, you'll take that and and we move on to the next. Yeah, you could say the same thing about the Cincinnati game too, right? We probably feel like we should have won that game by more if it wasn't for those couple of turnovers in the red zone. So this team in control of its own destiny, maybe has only played their best game once. And that's the Temple game. Other games, you can say that for four quarters, they didn't play their best football, but we're still here. We are in the driver's seat, two wins away from the championship game. And that will continue on Saturday, the 11 a.m. kickoff against Navy, number 17 Knights. Uh, welcome in the Navy midshipmen, that uh, senior morning uh, walk in honor for all of those seniors. This is a team, though, in Navy, right? You know what they do? They don't pass often, as we've talked with Nick Patty in years past. Uh, they lull you into that. Uh, run, 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 and then they'll pop a pass. So you've got to be alert for that. And, uh, it's important for the Knights to get out early in this game, control the tempo. You don't want to be in a dogfight with Navy because you know they're going to go on some sort of nine-minute drive in the fourth quarter. You don't want to be close in this one. Yeah, I think the two things with Navy, Trace, don't don't hurt yourself, right? Don't make um, you know foolish mistakes. You have to play really sound assignment football, right? If if, there, if you are assigned to a specific gap on defense, that's what you have to do. Don't turn the ball over again. And last year we saw it happen to, to us, obviously there, special teams. We, we cannot give up special teams plays. You can't give Navy free plays or take plays off the field. So I think you have to be really disciplined, be controlled, uh, and, uh, and definitely, um, you know, Protect the football, JRP. Please tuck that thing in. One thing you know about Navy, they're not going to give up no matter what the score is. You got to put them away. 
And we saw it last year. We were up two scores in the fourth quarter. They came back. Notre Dame last week was up on them big in the second half. They came back, made that a three-point game. The last three, four weeks, they've been playing pretty good football. They didn't lose to Cincinnati by much. Close game last week. You're going to have to play all four quarters against these guys. That's right. And Adam, you mentioned it. They lost last year there. They were coming off injuries, that Louisville game, right? And then uh, Mikey Keene's first start. I asked Knights defensive tackle Anthony Montalvo during Monday's media availability, what really sticks at him about the loss last year at Navy? I mean, that we could have won. You know, that's the biggest thing that we, you know, we should have won. Um, obviously, you know, we had certain things that, you know, caused us not to win, whether it's, you know, defense not putting down, you know, put on the show or being able to stop them offense, not being able to score. It just depends on how you look at it. But, you know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, Navy just came out and they were, you know, they were ready to play and they fought to the end. Did the veterans talk about that a little bit this week? Oh, yeah. Like me, me and Sam were talking about in the training room that, you know, we kind of owe them a little payback, you know, coming back. Like we want to win. I know they're going to come out and give us, you know, their best. So, you know, both teams are just going to come out and ready to fight each other. Yeah, Mike, you just said it, right? They're going to be a physical team in Navy. And Anthony said that ready to fight each other they're going to be a physical team yeah and they're not going to give up you mentioned that too they're going to have to fight all four quarters with these guys hopefully we're up big enough where maybe we can get some guys in uh in the fourth quarter but even then you can't take your foot off the gas and of course they controlled their destiny uh, we've talked about that you've got the the navy game at home on senior day and then you go to tampa the following week a de facto home game of course, it all sets up perhaps on December 3, the American Athletic Conference Championship game. Knights looking to be in that game, but of course, host that game. I asked uh, my big question this week on Twitter, if it comes down to two teams, Cincinnati, Tulane, Tulane up early on SMU. Who would you rather the Knights play? About 3-1 here on Tulane, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I think, you know, we talked about this on the podcast again this week. Is Cincinnati, it, it, they're going to be a tough out. Luke Fickle is a, a coach that uh, has, has been there before. I, I think he knows how to get teams ready. I, I think they're not going to be scared of the moment. They know how to play in these kind of big games. I think they'll be a tough out. Or I think Tulane maybe has uh, some growing still to do at that place. So I'd rather see a Tulane team than a veteran, a veteran coach uh, Cincinnati team. What about you, Mike, at Unger to Unger, asking who's your preferred opponent uh, in that conference championship game? Tulane, Cincinnati, maybe SMU, perhaps they get into it? I think Tulane's the easier opponent of, the, of those two, for sure. But, you know, Cincinnati would be fun. That's a rivalry we're going to take into the next conference with us. To have the championship game there, I think, could add to that. So either way, if we're at home, I'm not scared. I, I like our chances being at home. But if you're asking me who I think we have a better chance of beating, I'd say Tulane. Well, let's ask that same question of our first guest. Chris Boyle covers the Knights for the Daytona Beach News Journal, a return guest. Is he under the sea? He no, is not. No, I'm You're not. In a completely Chris. different Unbelievable. I was, I, was I was wondering whether it would be better if I was under the sea or if I was like in a different location. So I try to be a little more professional this time. All right. Professional. Fun, so. professional. Professional. <laughs> All right. We'll take professional, Chris. All right. Let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, trap game here a little bit uh, coming off that important road win at Tulane. Do they take Navy a little bit? I don't, I don't think this is a trap game. I, I think the fact that they lost to Navy last year, I think, plays in their favor. The fact that they're going to have full attention. Um, one thing that's interesting, though, and I, and I talked about this a little bit with Bill Wagner, who covers Navy for the Capital Gazette, uh, the cut blocking rules have, have been changed this year. So it's going to be a matter of, you know, they're not going to be quite as able to cut on the perimeter, which might not, uh, which might, you know, make it less effective on the pitch plays in the option. So I think you're going to see more, uh, more of an up the middle thing and UCF's defensive tackles have played really well recently. Montalvo, Ricky Barber, you know, those guys have really excelled here in this, uh, in this run in. Chris, the big question leading into, uh, into Tulane was who would be the quarterback? Obviously answered pretty quickly in John Rice Pumley. How do you, uh, how do you assess or what do you make of the way that Gus has handled this QB situation? I think he's handled it the way he wants to handle. It. I think that he's, he's shown authority. The fact that he's, you know, made a decision, He's made it very clear that John Rice Plumley was his guy in August. And even though Mikey Keene played very well, he went right back to him. He's not going to allow, allow uh, you know, the, the injury to really make make the decision for him. I think they they offer two very different skill sets. The thing I really liked about Mikey Keene, especially in that Cincinnati game, were some of the anticipatory throws, some throws where he was able to release the ball before the receivers were out of their break and put them on them in a hurry. Whereas Plumley, you saw last week what he brings to the table, those explosive run plays that can really change a game. He put them in scoring position twice. 
just by breaking and took one of the end zone, of course. And those are the types of plays they really want in this offense. They they want that extra dimension in the run game. It's it's good, reliable. It travels well. And I think overall, the, you know, you have to say that it's worked out on both ends, right? Like Keen came in, made made plays when he was needed, when he was called upon, and really was uh, very uh, professional about the 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 assignment, about the way that things have been handled. And I would say for Plumley, he's made enough plays here to give at least some of the fans, uh, you know, cause for optimism. You know, he might not be the perfect passer. I don't think anyone's expecting that of him at this point, but he does make uh, some plays against the lesser competition. I think he's going to be required to do so against uh, Navy and USF here in the next two weeks. We were discussing it before you got on. There's still four teams that where it's possible we play in the championship game, SMU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Tulane. Rank those teams in order. Who's, who's the team that you think gives us the toughest matchup and who's the easiest for you? Um, I think the toughest matchup is Cincinnati. I do think that they're still the, the most physical, the most uh, demanding team that you would that you could potentially see. I would say they're number one. Uh, I think I think Tulane would be the second hardest team, but I do think that that's a favorable matchup for UCF considering how effectively they ran the football in that game. They ran for three hundred and thirty six yards. Like that's a recipe for success. Doesn't matter if that game is played on the moon. That they, they, they'll take that matchup all day if they're able to get that kind of production on the ground. I would say SMU is probably the third uh, toughest team. Their offense is really clicking right now. I still have questions about them defensively, but you know Tanner Mordecai and, and Rasheed Rice is a very dangerous combination. They were in that game for a half against UCF. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of got their doors blown off in the second half. And then I think uh, the fourth ranked team would probably be uh, Houston. I, I think there's been some real inconsistency there. Some, you know, kind of behind the scenes things, I think that have been more or less kind of rising to the surface, whether it's specifically with coach Dana Holgerson or not, but uh, I think they're, they're probably the most dysfunctional, but they have one of the more dangerous weapons in this league. A kid I know very well from his time in Daytona and Nathaniel Dell. Well, as Pam just said, and Adam shared on the screen, Tulane has jumped out now early on SMU 14. Right. We've seen throughout the season that the Knights really caused some of their own problems, be it penalties, turnovers, and of late, leaving points out on the field. As I said earlier, this is an, a Navy team you don't want to be in a dogfight with. You want to get out early. Does that concern you uh, about UCF's play throughout this season? I think the standards are, are really, really high. I'd say overall they've done pretty well this season of UCF. I do think, of course, there are uh, things week in, week out that would be that you want to tinker and you want to improve upon. But I would say overall from from game one to game 10, they've, they've come leaps and bounds in quite a number of categories. Uh, so I, I think you know, there's definitely meat on the bone, as has been kind of the phrase that's been discussed in the press room. But overall, I, I don't think it's really been that big of an issue. Navy's going to probably keep this game closer than it might be uh, than I think UCF is going to be wanting to be for, for comfort's sake. They've kept a lot of games close. Five of their seven losses this year are by 10 points or less. So they've managed to keep games close there. They hang around, they, they possess the ball. Uh, overall, I think it's a matter of uh, it's, it's going to be a tougher game than I think most people probably realize when you look at just the records. And when you look at the talent disparity on the field, I do think Navy is going to make it a little bit interesting, especially considering the start time. I, I, I wonder whether or not the fans, maybe not so the, the players, but I do think that there's going to be a, a need for energy from the from the get-go in this game. And Gus Malzahn pointed that out at the beginning as well. You know, whether everybody's up for an 11 a.m. kickoff, I don't know yet. We'll find out. Are you media guy? Are you ready for an 11 a.m. Wow. kickoff? I, I have two kids. I'm up at 7 o'clock every morning. 9 o'clock is, is a breeze for me at this stage in my life. Now, if I was in college still, we might have a problem. We, we I might I might get there around halftime. Well, Chris, we know that Trace will be ready. Hey, ladies! <laughs> you know, I'm really um, jealous. So, all the last right. two weeks, and, I, and I've, I've made this clear in, in my coverage, the last two weeks I've covered games remotely, which presents a challenge all in of itself when you have two kids that want your attention while the game's going on. But uh, the fact that, you know, you guys get to go to Memphis and enjoy the, the barbecue and, and Beale street and the next week you're in new Orleans and partying on bourbon street. And Jason's out there taking pictures of beignets. Like I'm not going to pretend that I'm not the least bit jealous of, uh, of your guys' exploits. Well, don't don't not know you guys. It's Trace Trelker over here. He's yeah, the one Trace, who's, who Trace's exploits in particular. Him, Jason, Brandon, the whole yeah. the whole regular crew. I see well, every, every couple of to days. To be fair, Chris, I only see you in person in this video. Hey, hey ladies. 
I don't see Brandon and, and Jason. <laughs> is that three, by the way? What's the tracking on that? Is that three 20, times? This is 22. Chris, here's want, my challenge for you. I want somebody you. to keep a, a, a counter throughout the night. If there can be like a little icon in the bottom on the bottom right corner that's or wherever yeah. you want to put it on the screen there should be i'm sure robert two letters two this words. feels like a robert so challenge oh, yeah that sounds like it. I, i'm putting it on robert it's his job all right uh chris uh here's the challenge you cannot pick quarterback who is the offensive mvp for ucf this season so far rj harvey i think overall the he's been the most important piece uh especially as they've really improved throughout the season i think harvey has has really blossomed into a really important player for them I, I really like his ability to hit the uh to hit the hole to, to add some speed when they really needed it at that position but also have the toughness to get uh you know those yards inside the tackles overall I think he's been excellent uh, a lot more uh, that I think most of us would have expected out of him considering he's come back from ACL surgery was an unknown at the position the fact that he was a recruited as a quarterback and converted to a running back. I don't, I don't know if anybody quite knew what to expect out of him, but really he's been the kind of one of the key pieces to make this thing go and an engine for them to rely on every week. You mentioned you think Navy's going to keep this one close, maybe a little tougher than we expect. The spread is about 16 points. You expect UCF to cover that? What do you think the, the final score is going to be? I think they can cover it. I think they can pull away, but I do think that this game is going to be a little, a little bit nervy to begin with. And it's not because I don't think, you know, UCF's up to task or they're not going to, they're going to overlook Navy. I, I just think Navy's a, a, a team that poses a week in week out problem just for the, the type of offense that they run and uh, the things that they're able to do and the, and the discipline that they have. I mean, and, and you have to look at the stats too. I mean, I know that their competition level, on the whole, probably isn't as good as, as UCF's run game, but they're sixth in the country stopping the run, too. So this is something that they've uh, really sold out on throughout the season. Let's end with this. What's your favorite Gus Malzahn botch play call this year? Is it the 64-yard field goal attempt? Is it the fourth and one uh, Isaiah Bowser the, pass? The, or is there the, some the, other 10-yard uh, uh, loss on sweeps? What, <laughs> which one's your favorite? We're, we're going to call it the oh crud moment of the season, I think, in Gus's honor. Um, <laughs> the the sixty four yard field goal attempt, I, I still, I, I, and I, again, he's he was as surprised as any of us, I guess, that it happened. That's the way it was. Uh, he described it at least, but I think that was very, very bizarre. The whole way that that situation happened, and uh, why you would send him out. To, to even think about that field goal instead of just if you're going to like take the penalty why not send the offense and at least give them something a little different to think about i don't think most most teams are not going to expect anybody to actually try a 64 yard field goal but again i think on the whole there's there's been some strange moments for sure but i think most most fans will take the offensive production they've gotten so far we'll let you out uh, a little bit early you've got some plans tonight a little ucf connection yeah, I do. Uh, I'm actually going to the Dr. Phillips Center tonight to go see Daniel Tosh, which is a, a early Christmas gift for my wife. God bless her. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, Tampa well, Chris, next week. Hold on. Chris, yeah. while you're out there, if you see anybody, uh, you know, you want, want to make sure you be polite and uh, you're a nice uh, human. So you might hey, want to. Hey, just, ladies. If you see anybody out there that you know. I'll try I to will. pull that trick with my wife and see how that works. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'll see you on Saturday at the stadium. And then next week, Tampa, is there, is there anything to do around Ray J after a late night game? Uh, <laughs> no comment at this time. Hold on, I, I got you, Chris. Hold on. Ladies. There, there we go. Chris covers the nights for the Daytona Beach News Journal all season long. Thanks, Thanks Chris. Guys. Take care. Thanks, Chris. That's, is that five? I'm not. I'm not counting. Hold on. I think Roberts. Roberts got four on the screen, but I think it's actually five. I think it's. Uh, I think it's actually five. Well, while we wait, our uh, next guest, the play-by-play voice for Navy, uh, Mike. Come on now, bold projections. I've been bugging you this all season. Everybody's lining up Cotton Bowl. I've seen projections for, and which is your favorite here? Penn State, TCU, LSU, Alabama, North Carolina, Tennessee, Utah, or Timo's favorite, Washington. I said it last week. We want Bama, baby. We want Bama. If we're going to the Cotton Bowl, give me the best possible opponent. That's Bama. Now, if things go sideways, somehow we lose the championship game and we don't go to the Cotton Bowl, I want Florida State now. Florida State's the team. They've been running their mouths uh, over social media. They're acting like the Gators were last year around this time. We saw what happened to them. They, you know, what's the saying? They they effed around a little bit and then they found out. 
I think Florida State <laughs> might have that same problem. Could you hopefully, clarify which? No, 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 no need. <laughs> hopefully, uh, we don't have to deal with them this year, and we're in the Cotton Bowl. But it, th- those are my two choices. If we're in the Cotton Bowl, give me Bama. If we're not, give me Florida State. Adam, we like. Yeah, I like Bama too. I saw there was a potential matchup with Tennessee. I was trying to figure out how I feel about that. I don't know how I would feel about that one. Obviously, a connection with Hypo, that offense is pretty explosive. Um, But I do think I agree with Mike. I'd love something kind of localized. There's no chance that Miami gets a bowl game at this point. Maybe Florida ekes into one, maybe Florida State. So They're not bowl eligible? Miami's not going to go to a bowl? I think they're only five wins right now. I think they're five and five right now. Maybe so. a Boca, Boca, and they got situation? they got like Clemson and somebody else coming up next. So get, I, I'll take Florida State. Look over there. Gotcha. That wasn't an option, I don't think. But if I'll it's Florida it. State, make it in Florida, please. Don't send us to uh, the military bowl or whatever it is, somewhere in the state of Florida, and make it fun. Gotcha. Uh, some other UCF news and notes. Long snapper Alex Ward accepts the invitation to the Senior Bowl, and he's a finalist for the Manley Award. Uh, another of Mike's favorite, the award watch list. It, it, this time of year, you're good with it, though. We've narrowed down to, I think, there are 10 finalists for that award. Okay, 10. When we started the year, there was about 130, right? And every team That's had two long. guys. So <laughs> uh, Every team had two long snappers. Yeah, so we're, I'm good with it. If he's in the finalists, hey, that means he's done his job all year. And he hasn't had any plays where he's botched anything, so that's probably the main, the long snapper's uh, main job. Defensive coordinator Travis Williams, Broyles Award nominee for best assistant coach. Uh, be interesting to see if he gets that. Hey, cool. And then uh, XFL draft. How many of these guys have you had on uh, the Sons of UCF pod? Uh, Orlando Guardians select cornerback Antoine Collier and linebacker Terrence Plummer and the San Antonio Brahmas uh, select offensive lineman Marcus Tatum. I remember you had Tatum on. Yeah, Adrian Killens went in the first round too, Trace, to uh, Houston. We've had two of these guys. Oh, We've that's Plummer. right. I forgot about Adrian Killens. My bad. We had Plummer and Tatum. Uh, so we're two for four, 50%. Two for four. Which, Trace, may have been your batting hey, average. Hey, ladies. On, on this evening, I'm oh, not sure. You went three for three on that one. <laughs> Jeez, 20, 20 minutes into this show, that's six. And since uh, uh, Tulane now up 21 nothing yes. on uh, SMU. Um, Mike, XFL, you will shun it. Yeah, I'm not watching the second of the XFL. I'm happy for these guys. They're getting paid to play football, and that's good for them. But you could, you might have to pay me what you're paying these guys to play. You got to pay me that to watch. That doesn't sound uh, positive. Um, it seems like a really gonna... tough business model, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be the USFL as well coming back for another year. Why not? How about a Suns football league? We could start our own league. Is that possible? I think we really, in light of what's going on in Twitter, <laughs> and this may be our – our last week. Uh, Are we Twitter on Twitter now? I don't know. Is Twitter still around? I don't know. <laughs> that Suns Plus concept, uh, Adam, it really needs to be. It really needs to be developed. I, I feel like it has. Hey, hey ladies. <laughs> I'm happy like have... this has replaced previous things that you run oh. incessantly throughout. Okay. This is bullying me. I really I'm not aware. Brought... I'm is, not aware is Addison this. coming to the game Saturday? She will be there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with notepad in hand. Uh, no, she uses her phone for that, Trace. Yeah. She actually said, is Trace going to be there? Is he going to be nice to me, is what she asked me. I'm always nice. So. Yeah, I'm always glad to see you. What do you think Trace is going to see when he say, say when he sees your wife and your daughter there at the same time? I'm not using it for <laughs> that, Mike. I'm not using it for that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now you're just, you know what? You know what I'm going to do for that one, Mike? Mike's a loser. Well, you've there got you this go. all just lined up <laughs> on the go. bottom of the screen, don't you? You just click, click, we got, click. We got time to kill. I got nothing to do right now. I'm waiting on a guest. I got nothing to do here, Trace. <laughs> Uh, boy, uh, bright and early. So, uh, Mike, you've punted. Uh, you're not getting up at the crack of dawn and driving up. And Adam, you'll be there early. No, that was never. I was never going to make it for this game. I sold my tickets. Actually, I sold three of them to Adam. Um, <laughs> and no, but after that, I will be in Tampa the following week for the Cal game. I already got my tickets for that. What's the um, tailgate situation? People message me all the time wanting to know about tailgates. What, I want to know plans? about the tailgates too because I don't have any plans and I'm not bringing my own stuff. So I'm ready to crash a tailgate with the family. I got the, the wife and kids with me. Um, game's the perfect time, 7, 7.30. I'm out there, whatever, 4, 5 o'clock. I'm ready to hang out. And uh, the following week, hopefully I'll be in Orlando for the championship game. Seems like a, a likely scenario at this point, but you got to imagine the cows are going to be pretty fired up uh, I mean, they may, they may be going to that game with still the one win. 
maybe going to that game with still one win choice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably likely. Uh, look, I, here's the thing. I want to I want to start thinking about the the championship game as well. But we've got two games in front of us. We got to win those first, right? Let's take one at a time. But while we got time and no one's you know, showing up for a guest here yet, Trace, can I just say this for a second? The 11 a.m. kick time, while not optimal. We're acting like it's 8 a.m. Like we normally would kick at noon. It's only one hour earlier. Yes, it's not convenient for a lot of people. Yes, it gets in your Saturday. But this could have easily been a noon kickoff. It's only one hour difference. People are acting like this is an 8 a.m. game time. I mean, we can be there in time. You can show up, have some breakfast burritos and a couple of beers. You're good to go, Trace. I mean, I, I think I think we're making a bigger deal out of this than, than it needs to be. I think there's a few vocal people making a big deal. I, th- I'm, I think we're going to have a good crowd. I think there's going to be a full stadium. If you look at the resale market, there's not a lot of tickets available. I think you're going to see a good crowd at this game, and people are going to have a great time. And you're probably going to ask for more early games. <laughs> hey, Big 12, here we come. Big noon kickoffs. Get, get used to that. I would imagine the student turnout may be a little bit off for this one. Maybe some aluminum visible uh, upper deck. Yeah, maybe, but I think Mike had the perfect recipe for disaster, uh, for uh, success here, rather, is you come in. Disaster. <laughs> well, it could be disaster, too. You hang out all night. You don't go to sleep. You get up early, you know, whatever. You take like a two-hour nap. You show up to the game. You party, hang out, have a good time. Game's over by 3 o'clock. Go back to your dorm room, pass out a little bit, like wake up about 8, 8 p.m., and you're ready to go out for the night. It's a perfect day if you're a student. Hey, Mike, so have you ever done that? Yeah, we did that last weekend. No, you <laughs> stayed up all night and went right to the game? I did it for the Peach Bowl. It was New Year's Eve, right? And I stayed up all New Year's, and my flight was at about 5 a.m. I went straight from my parents' house to the airport, didn't go to sleep, went to the game at noon, and went back to the airport the same day, slept on the way home. All right. Our guest is here, Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy. He joins us now on Sons of UCF Live. In between races, he calls (laughs) harness racing at the Rosecroft Raceway. How are the races tonight, Pete? Doing pretty well right now. The prices have been pretty solid here through the first four races. Right now, we're at about 11 minutes until post time on race five. So we got about eight minutes here. It's going to work out for us. All right. Tell us about Navy. They're coming into this game with a struggle, but they've been competitive in most of these. Yeah, I think that's the frustrating part for Kenny Amatololo and his crew right now. They're, you know, that close but no cigar. I mean, if we're playing horseshoes, you know, we're right there in contention for the American Athletic Conference championship. Unfortunately, though, uh, you don't get points for being close in college football. And, you know, competitive at Cincinnati, competitive, obviously, this weekend with Notre Dame. It's what you're looking for. Uh, competitive down at SMU. I mean, there have been opportunities for this team to win a lot more football games. But, you know, that's what separates right now, you know, the reality of really good football teams like UCF and a team like Navy that's still trying to find themselves right now. Certainly losing the quarterback the way they have hasn't been ideal. But, you know, the beauty of the American, you guys know it from being in it, and I try to tell people this every week, the American Athletic Conference is solid as a rock, man, and I don't think it's ever been better than it is right now. There haven't been many soft spots in this league this year, and uh, UCF is right there on the cusp of uh, performing in a championship game, so it's been a good year for Gus's guys so far. Pete, just us friends here, no one else is really listening in. Can you tell us who's going to start a quarterback this week? Um. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I rely on the depth charts just like everybody else. And, you know, until I'm told uh, different, uh, you know, Xavier Arline uh, is competing for that spot this week with Masai Maynard. And, uh, you know, I mean, until I'm told different, uh, I think those are certainly the two guys uh, that you're prepping for uh, this coming week. Because I I don't think it's impossible, based on the skill set of both players, uh, that you would see both guys. Because Masai's done a very good job in a reserve role. His ability to throw the football certainly gives Navy a, a, a different element. But um, I think there's a legitimate chance you clearly see both guys coming up this week. I think the strong part of Navy has been their run defense this year. The UCF, their strong part is their run offense. You see this as a, an advantage for you guys? or You've only given up six rushing touchdowns all year. I don't know if it's an advantage. It's a great team. But I, I think there's no question that You've got two very elite units here. And I think you bring up a great point because this is, this is, and obviously when you include, you know, Plumlee at the quarterback spot, you're talking about a, a part of the game that UCF, even going back to Hypel, you know, people think, you know, Josh is pitching it around 30, 40, 50 times. And when you really look deeper into this, Joe Miller and I on our It's College Football podcast, my Navy broadcast partner and I, we've talked about through the years about 
how good Central Florida is at running the football. Now you add the Plumley factor and how he set the tone down at Tulane with that burst for 87. Now you're talking about an even more significant running attack for this UCF team. And let's face it, when you can run the football, you avert risk out there. And when you take less risk, you have a chance to play, you know, mistake-free football. And that's what championship clubs do. And this UCF team has done that very, very impactfully so far. For Navy, the front seven, you know, hey, knock on wood, man. They've stayed healthy for the most part. We got four legitimate linebackers that can play. And our defensive line, led by the nose guard, Donald Berniard, Clay Cromwell, Jacob Busick on the outside. And even their understudies, you know, guys like Reed and Barber who played behind them, those guys have played very well too. So it's clearly, without question, the primetime matchup in this game between those two units. Ultimately, to me, the question is, UCF's defense never gets the credit that they're deserving. You got a linebacker, you got defensive linemen that are filthy out there. That group has played great football all season long. Question to me is how many points can Navy score in this football game uh, coming up uh, this week against what has been a very underappreciated UCF defense? We spent a lot of time on Suns talking about NIL and the transfer portal, which has been very beneficial to UCF. What impact are those things having on the quality of Navy football? Well, at the at our place, the transfer portal is one way. Out. Right. They right. So that's impacting what you can right. do, right? We're competing. NIL um, does not right now. NIL at the Naval Academy does not exist. So you know that's uh, that's that's the problem uh, that all the armed services have to deal with. Take the put paper off. I read the messages. Um, but you know, I mean, that, look, I mean, the Naval Academy is a special place for a reason. You know, our kids come there. As part of a higher calling, yes, they get to play Division One football against the best teams in the country. But they're also there. Our seniors today found out what service selections they're going to have. 18 are going to be members of the fleet. Seven are going to be members of the United States Marine Corps uh, going forward. So ultimately, that's what, uh, in my mind, you know, gives our kids that special feeling. But as Ken Yamato has said for years, and you guys have seen us win 11 games on a couple of occasions here. Uh, in the American, you know, don't don't believe for one minute our kids aren't coming to compete as well. And that's what they will do every Saturday. Just ask Notre Dame. Irish are rolling at halftime. They had 12 yards in the second half because our kids refused to 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 give in. Uh, and our kids changed some things philosophically in the second half. Our coaching staff made a couple of great adjustments and uh, they found their way back into the football game uh, against Notre Dame on Saturday as a result. All right, Pete Medhurst, we know we got to get you back to the races, the play-by-play voice for the Naval Academy. We appreciate you stealing a few moments between races out there at Rosecroft Raceway. No problem. Pleasure to be with you guys. We'll see you on Saturday. All right. Okay. Thanks, Pete. Thank Safe you. travels. All right. You like when they read the messages, Robert? Huh? Huh? That's back-to-back weeks. Uh, Nick got you we last got, We got to get his favorite charity, by the way. So, Trace, we can message Pete off air and get his, his charity. Uh, so, so Robert can make his contribution. Uh, that's good of Robert to do that. Good of Pete to pay attention. Speaking of charity, we spent a lot of time talking about our friends Jan and Britt and Britt's bunch. And and we featured uh, a long snapper for the Knights, Tyler Paul, before and the work he does with Big Man Big Heart. And he's good enough to join us again on Sons of UCF Live because this weekend, Tyler, welcome back. This is when Britt's bunch, all those uh, young people get to go to this Navy game. Yeah, how's it going? How's it going, y'all? Thank you so much for having me. Doing well, doing well. Tell us, tell us about this weekend. Uh, bringing quite a few young people to see UCF play Navy on Senior Day. Yep. So last year was when I started Big Day for Brits Bunch with Big Man Big Heart, and this year, well, we had such great success last year that of course we wanted to do it again. So now it's bigger day for Brits Bunch, and takes it's happening this Saturday. Wish it wasn't in the morning, but hey, we still get to we still get it. So. What's the uh, what's the wake up call? Have you gotten the, the sheet yet for Saturday? What's the plan? Early. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> Tyler, what's your favorite part about this event? Obviously, you mentioned you did this last year as well. What's your favorite part about being a part uh, of something like this? I mean, honestly, just seeing the smiles. 
there'll be times because like um, our kicking net is right by where they sit. So whenever I'm over there with our kickers or just specialists, because that's our hangout spot, I look over there and they're just jumping around smiling the whole time. And it's, I mean, it's such a rewarding feeling just to be a part of it is it's incredible. People are making a big deal of the early kickoff. You just said you're waking up early. How much, what time do you guys normally wake up on a game day and how much earlier is it this week? So on a normal, we'll say seven o'clock kickoff is a normal game. Probably get up around 8.30-ish, go and get breakfast, then go back, maybe a couple meetings, lunch, back to room, pregame meal, and that's all from like 8.30 in the morning to about 4-ish, I'd say. But now it'll be... Probably just breakfast because there's no need to get all those meals in right away. So probably around six people will start getting up. And I know your parents are and family are coming to the game senior day. What's that going to be like for you to uh, walk on the field uh, at the bounce house with them? Oh, it's going to be awesome. I have both my sisters are coming to town. My I have a sister whose family is in Savannah, Georgia right now. She's coming with my nephews. And then my oldest sister is in grad school at St. Mary's in South Bend, Indiana. And she's coming down with her boyfriend. So it's, I'll be happy to see them. It'll be, it'll be a bittersweet moment, but it'll be, it'll be fun. Tyler, read in your bio that you are a criminal justice major, uh, which is great because I'm also an alum of UCF, a criminal justice major as well, as is Mike. What's, uh, what's your career plans? What do you, uh, you want to do after football? So next year, I'll be joining the police academy, and I just want to go in the police department. I'll stay here in Orlando and do OPD. Any chance? So if, if Trace gets pulled over, because I don't know if you, I don't know if you know, Trace. Some uh, Trace sometimes, uh, you know, he goes out, Tyler, and he gets kind of wild. Hey, hey, ladies. So if you if you encounter Trace, uh, are you gonna give maybe a maybe a warning or something like that? Yeah, just a little slap on the wrist. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. If I get pulled over, hello, is Tyler around? Can we put in a call for Tyler, please? <laughs> So, so next week, the game against South Florida, usually we play this game on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I imagine you probably can't stuff your faces too much the day before a game. But now we have that extra day in between. How many plates are you going to put away on Thanksgiving? Uh, probably, I'll say two. Thanksgiving's not my favorite holiday, but I'm just not a big turkey fan. But I'll still eat it with Probably two plates, I'll say. I could do two plates. I, I do three sometimes. <laughs> You're probably twice my size. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. It just depends what's what's on the table. <laughs> we'll let you go with this one, Tyler. Just a little bit more about Brit's Bunch, Big Man, Big Heart, and the legacy that you leave now as a senior. Hopefully you're you're passing this along and that this is gonna continue. Yep. Yeah, um Hopefully it does continue. I'll have to find someone else to pass it down to. Right now, Mitch McCarthy, the punter, he would be an awesome candidate because he worked with a lot of um, special needs back home in Australia. And so he's got a he's got a heart for it and he's also a big man too, so <laughs> it'll be probably be his torch. Have to sit him down, talk to it. But yeah, it's just something I'd love to see in the following years, just be able to say like, that's how I left my mark here. Tyler, I have one quick follow-up. We had you in the show over the summertime and you and Austin Camden laid out for us a pretty elaborate game of tag that you all play with each other and equipment. Can you give me an update? Are there standings, you know, with the season kind of almost over who's winning right now? I got to get my bets in. Well, so the game tag just goes through fall camp and it ends with the first kickoff of the season and then we'll pick it back up usually bowl week but the last three minutes before kickoff was it south carolina state that was hectic i think alex ward came up and tagged me i look at the clock 
There's about like a minute left till kickoff. They're all like running out the field. I was panicking. I found, I believe it was AJ on equipment. I was waiting by him. He didn't, he had no idea what was going on. And like last second I tag him and I go, good game. You have it. He panicked, sprinted down the sideline and dove at one of the uh, GAs and got him right before the ball got kicked. So I think Jay ended up with it. But it was okay. a lot of panicking. Okay. Sorry about that, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that is a solid update. Tyler Paul, great legacy in this uh, big man, big heart, and the work you do with Brits Bunch. Uh, we thank you, and you're a great representative of uh, UCF Knights, and we wish you well on Senior Day. Thank you so much. Thank you all for Thanks, having Tyler. me. Thank you, Tyler. All right. Good job with that. Brits Bunch is going to be up early. They got tailgating. They're going to be out at Night Walk. Nightwalk is earlier this week at 8.45 when the team will arrive on the bus. And, uh, and of course, Senior Day festivities begin about 10.25. There's a flyover planned as well. So going to be a lot going on before that uh, that kick at 11. Can I just say really quickly, Trace, if, if, if Tyler Paul was running full steam at me to tag me, I think I might poop myself. Like, I don't know what I would do if I saw a man of his size running at me on the field. Uh, you know, if I was an equipment manager, by the way, I don't have any pads on or anything. I think that might be the, the moment it all comes to an end for me. I don't know. <laughs> that's, uh, that's good. That's the good hair visual. flying everywhere. I mean, he's got the Fu man shoe. I'm like, I may just fall up like a baby right there in the 10-yard line. Yeah, he's definitely got a look going on there. All right, we've got a big mailbag, but let's go around the kingdom real quick. Uh, men's basketball nights. Two and one, you guys were talking about it Monday night, 70-37 winners over Western Illinois. C.J. Kelly, team high, 17 points. Uh, they're getting ready to go on the road now. They play in the Bahamas. A little maybe sneak preview of Big 12 action. They've got Oklahoma State on Friday night. And Coach Shotty Dawkins was asked about this first time hitting the road. I look at it as this is our first time going on the road. You know, for, you know, even though it's a neutral site, nine new guys, first time they're going on a neutral site road game. And so there's some things that we're going to learn about our guys in those situations. So we're still learning our players, still learning rotations, still learning about each one of these as individuals. And so we're going to learn about how we how we approach the road. Adam, what do you like so far? It's a fun team. They look like they're having a good time out there. Yeah, you know, look, I, I told you uh, a couple uh, weeks ago, like every time I think I'm out, they suck me back in. The, mm -hmm. the first game was a tough one. They've played really well. Here's what I like the most, Trace, this, year, this year's team versus previous. There's a ton of energy out there. These kids are crashing the boards. They're diving for loose balls. You know, they're they're you know getting down to defensive stances, second mm -hmm. chance points. I mean, they dominated the boards against Florida State. I love the energy. I love the hustle. Uh, Taylor Hendricks is uh, hopefully he's around for a long time. That kid's going to be a superstar. I just like the energy and the way these kids are playing. Uh, and I'm bought back in, man. I'm all in. Uh, just when I think I'm out, they pull me back in. It's like I saw the basketball team and I said, Hey, ladies. It, it's what about like you, that, Mike? Trace. What about you, Mike? Are you in? Are you in on this men's basketball team? I'm in, but they got to keep proving it to me. I know the Florida State game I'll was nice. got to prove it to you. Yeah, yeah. The Florida State <laughs> game was nice. But Florida State, let's face it, they stink. They lost to Stetson, too. Put a nice win on the board against Oklahoma State this week. I, I put my other foot back in. And, you know, keep the keep momentum going. Uh, and this is a tough conference. Let's see how they do. It's a long way to go. We've, we've had big wins in, in out-of-conference play the last couple of years, too. Didn't really help us down the stretch. By the way, Stetson comes to the arena in a couple yes. of weeks. Donnie Jones makes a return visit with the Stetson Hatter. So Friday night, Oklahoma State, CBS Sports Network. And then depending on win or lose, they're going to get some combination of Santa Clara or DePaul. Back home Monday uh, against uh, Western Illinois. Whoa, 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 Jan. We're going to need a copy of this video if one does indeed exist. Continue on. No, there's, there's no such thing. Uh, uh, we have a night's uh, preview against Oklahoma State at twonightsmedia.com. My buddy John uh, working on those articles. They are well-received, and we thank John for that. Women's Basketball Nights 2-0, 62-60 winners at Campbell. They are back home against Louisiana Monroe on uh, Tuesday. Volleyball. Trace, what? Sorry, Trace, what team was that? Hey, ladies. The, okay, the latest team got you. Robert, yeah. throw up an announcement about, is this going to be the whole show? Uh, about 15 more minutes of this, I guess. And then we're not doing that well, Unless I can get this video trace in time. <laughs> we may extend this show. I'm not really sure. Let's video talk. Too, let's talk. Uh, 24th ranked Knights uh, Volleyball, they swept the cows. 23-1, and 15-1 in the AAC. We say it every week, three weeks in a row, McKenna Melville, AAC Offensive Player of the Week. They are on their final road trip of the regular season at ECU at Temple. Then next week, 
Tulane on Wednesday, uh, and then uh, Houston, big one on uh, Friday at five o'clock in the venue. And then women's soccer had a chance to talk with head coach Tiffany Roberts Sahadak this afternoon during a brief media availability. Uh, ninth seeded Knights beat eight seeded North Carolina State in penalty kicks on Sunday. Now Friday night at ten on ESPN Plus, they are facing off at number one seeded UCLA. Pretty simple, Coach Sahadak said they are going to have to play their best match of the season in order to defeat a very talented UCLA team. Uh, senior Kristen Scott and senior goalkeeper Caroline Delisle lead the night. So good luck to them. Good luck to uh, former UCF men's soccer goalkeeper Sean Johnson. World Cup begins. He's on the USA squad. Uh, World Cup action begins, what, Monday is the U.S.'s uh, first game. So good luck to him. Good luck to the ladies out at UCLA. All right. Let us open up the Brian W. Peterson, Sons of UCF Mailbag. It's that time again. Let's open the Brian W. Peterson, Sons of UCF Mailbag. Really giving him extra push. <laughs> really, I say it, really, and then he really says, does. Yeah, yeah. You, should, you should work uh, on and, that. Um, Todd A. Bryant, uh, what's the perfect tailgating menu for 7 a.m. tailgate? Pancakes, Burritos and right? That's easy on the grill. Breakfast burrito, give me some eggs, some bacon, some hash browns, and a nice cold beer. Mike, uh, well, you made a nice little Western omelet, and pancakes is always good too. So, uh, uh, and Bloody Marys. Bloody, well, at Berryatic, uh, earliest you've woken up and had a drink. <laughs> Man, uh, so I have to have. Uh, I had to have woken up to have the drink. Um, His question is: so, earliest you've woken up and had a drink. Well, so I will say, I, I lived on the West night. Coast. I lived on the West Coast for a bunch of years, right? So if UCF had a noon kickoff, I mean, we were we were beer thirty or eight a.m. So I'll go there. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's probably been an early flight that I've had to take that I, I had a drink at the airport. How about the Ireland game? What time that game kicked off at like nine a.m.? That right? was early morning. Yeah. And I remember being up early for that one, so probably around 7 o'clock. Yeah, you mentioned that at the airport. No matter when I have an early flight, there's always people drinking. Always yeah. people at the bar <laughs> on those early, early morning flights. Uh, at the night UCF, uh, wearing pajamas Saturday. Uh, Adam and crew, Adam and family. Pajamas? No. That's a no. That's a no. I mean, at some point, it's going to be the middle of the day. <laughs> the sun's going to be out. It's going to be in the 70s. So that's that's enough. Uh, this one's uh, philosophical for you, Mike. Uh, at Free Sport Travel, if destiny is a predetermined course of events, how can UCF control its destiny? I saw this question. You blew my mind with this question. <laughs> you, you can't. I guess you can't control your own destiny. It's impossible. It's been destined. Well, that's just nerve-wracking. I have nothing <laughs> really to add care. to that. <laughs> nothing to add. I don't really care for that. Uh, Brian... He, he opens up the mailbag. It's named after him. He's got a question, too, of the remaining two regular season opponents on the schedule, that being Navy and then at the Cows, which worries you the most and why. I worry about everything. Uh, Knights are yes. undefeated yes. in the bounce house in AAC play under Gus Malzahn. But you know that game, uh, that game against the Cows, that's their bowl game. And they want to do nothing more than send UCF out. No. The only thing I'm worried about that game is that we're not going to score enough points to make me happy. There is no way the cost. Is that 64 or 65? At least 65, and, they, and we can't give up more than 12. I don't think there's anything you've ever said that I've agreed with more than your point about that, that you want to defeat them soundly. I mean, I don't think Gus will do it. It's the only thing missing now on the way out. I mean, we have the lead in the series. We're, we're going on to the Big 12. We were leaving them in the dust. The only thing they have on us anymore is that game. So we have to erase that from the record books. Uh, the variation of this question from Matt Densmore underscore Marvin also adding in, who are you lacing up with the quarterback? I mean, this has been decided now. It's JRP. Yeah, I think it's it's John Rice's job, and unless there's some sort of injury or something that happens at this point, and let's point, we we can win with both quarterbacks. Obviously, it's different styles, but we can win with both quarterbacks. Both do some things well. Both have some things to work on. Uh, at this point, I'm I'm with whoever's going to get me a W for these last two games and get me to the championship game. At uh, Rock Solid, Dennis asking based on the performance thus far, two games left. What do we think the record would be if we were already in the Big 12? See, that's hard to say because that schedule would be different, right? So it's it's hard to imagine what, you know, and he's asking about bowl prediction. I'll say this, better bowl games uh, in the Big 12. Speaking of bowl games, how about the, uh, the Cheez-It Bowl is now the sponsor for the Citrus Bowl. So you got two games in Orlando and both sponsored by Cheez-It. The Cheez-It Bowl and the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. 
I hope people don't buy tickets to the wrong game, (laughs) thinking that they're going to one game and it's name cheese it and then end up seeing a school they don't know. That could happen. That could happen. At Rejoice Knights, a couple of questions from Joyce. Do you really think with two quality quarterbacks, as Adam, you mentioned, Gus will stick with one particular starter or will he start the one he believes can have the greatest opportunity? If this is JRP, it's all the way JRP. Yeah, it's plumbly until further notice or until some sort of injury. And I think you saw what Gus wants the offense to look like. When it clicks like that, it looks fantastic. I think that's what we do for the rest of the year. Uh, her other question asking about, uh, said JRP's helmet hit the ground pretty hard on a play last week. Knowing Navy can have some creative defense due to their uh, to their play calling, do we risk putting JRP on the field with such a high percentage of winning this one? This is JRP's job. I think it's more interesting to say what happens if UCF is a big late. Uh, they're not going to sub in Mikey Keene, right? They're just going to hand off the ball, right? right? I mean, just gonna... Wild Bowser. Wild Bowser all day. <laughs> yeah, or we go to the other quarterback that's on the roster that nobody knows his name. Bone? <laughs> that guy. Will Bone. <laughs> Will Bone. Yeah. Uh, no, but that's, I think that's what Trace said to those ladies after he said, hey, hey ladies. <laughs> Will Bone. <laughs> well, wow. <laughs> hey, I mean... I can see it. I can see it, Mike. Ten more long minutes in the show. That's Spursy night. Score tied. Two minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Which quarterback do you want to win that game? Mikey Keene for John Rice Plumlee. Hmm. Tough one. Well, that's the one thing we haven't seen Plumlee do yet, right? We've seen Keene do it now a couple times. Plumlee has not had to have that game-winning drive in the last two minutes of a game. Can he do it? He had a chance against Louisville. Couldn't do it. So, uh, uh, Adam, oh, man. This is going to get better. The show is getting even better now. Um, <laughs> can Plumlee do it? That's the question. And hopefully. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Adam, all the following questions are for you. Pay attention to the show. Don't pay attention. Continue. Jay, Don't I don't remember when we used to be friends. How do I get this loaded on time? Okay, continue. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Adam at Zeebles UCF would like to know. Yeah. The yes, Navy that. averages uh, uh, yards per rush attempt of 4.1. JRP is averaging 5.6. Do you think JRP can out Navy Navy? And if so, when do we start calling him Admiral JRP? I will call him whatever the hell he wants to be called if he can win us three more ball games and get us to a New York Six Bowl. Adam as well. This next yes. question from Robert. Yeah, okay, listen, I'm here. I'm here. To deal with the Navy running game, do we want our faster or stronger offensive line members to line up for most of the snaps? Now, that's an interesting question because Navy wears you down, right? I imagine they're just going to continue to sub guys in and, and try and stay as fresh as possible. They're not going to play the, their main guys almost all those snaps. Yeah, I think on all, on the offensive line, I think obviously you stick with your five stars. On the defensive line, I think you have to have a rotation. I think if you look at the uh, UCF X, XOS breakdown video we have on YouTube. Cheap plug. Uh, Andy, Andy does a nice job of talking about really what you have to do to plug up the middle. I think you'll see a heavy rotation of Hunter, Barber, Montalvo, um, and then try to figure out a ways to uh, to fill the gaps with some of the linebackers. So I think you you play all the guys who have discipline, and um, and I'm going to try to find a way to get this video. So This show is not ending until the video is on. I don't get Well, she, Jan, can you email me this video? Because it's on Twitter, Jan, and i gotta, I got to move it Jan, around come here. come on now. Jan, work with me here. At QCHEP. ESPN has scheduled UCF to play four weeknights now at 11 a.m. Can we expect better or worse TV scheduling once UCF is in the Big 12? Big noon, baby. You're going to go. You want those big TV dollars, Mike? You're going to play whatever, as Gus said, they want them in the parking lot at Walmart. I can't wait for the noon games next year, personally. And the bright line is done. I'll be taking the trains up in the morning and back in the same day. um, It's going to be a great deal. How long a trip is that from you, do you think, to Orlando? Where, does it drop at the airport? Is that where it goes? They're saying airport, yeah. And then so it's about another 20-minute Uber ride from there. Um, I don't, it takes three hours to drive. I'm thinking the train's going to get you there in two, two and a half tops. But you don't have to drive. Exactly. And you can have some drinks on the way. You can take a nap or you can do whatever you want. At Golden Knight underscore the second, Adam. Yeah. Hello, Adam. Hi. Who has the better resume to be the starter for the next game based on performances? Mikey with wins over Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, or JRP with SMU, Tulane, and Temple under his belt? Who's got the better resume for this? Well, here's the thing. That, that Mikey Keene win from Florida was last year. So this year, I think you've seen more of Plumlee. I think that's the offense he wants to run. I think, again, it's Plumlee's job until it's not. You know, you guys were talking about whether uh, JRP is the uh, – excluding a quarterback, he asked about offensive player of the year. JRP could be the AAC player offensive player of the year right and we still have a quarterback controversy with an eight and two team 
that's a couple wins away from a Cotton Bowl bid. So, uh, at Chris uh, Billowich, if UCF doesn't make a New Year's Six Bowl game this year, how long do you think UCF fans wait until they play in an expanded playoff game after joining the Big 12? That This is the year, right? Uh, that transition could be rocky, Mike, into the Big 12. This this is the moment, right? Seize the moment. That's uh, Gus's uh, phrase. This is within their reach to, to get to that New Year's Six Bowl. Right. And what, but when is the playoff expanding? Not next year, the year after. So I think it's the year year? after, right? All right. But I mean, I'm not planning on going to the Big 12 and waiting five years, 10 years to get into one of these again. Uh, I think two, three years and we should be competing. You know, Brandon Hellwood brought it up in the dungeon at UCSports.com. When does Gus, after two seasons, get a contract extension? And uh, is it possible we're looking at Gus's last? couple of games for UCF. At what point does his name end up back into the coaching carousel of contenders? He, he said the day he signed here, if somebody can stay here and build it, and this is what every coach says. Yeah, but uh, can he, he's going to be the least paid coach based yeah. on his current salary in this new Big 12. Right. I mean, he's still getting money from Auburn, too, in these couple of years. That's not factored into that. So he's getting paid. And then we're going to start getting more money from the Big 12. We're going to, he's going to get a salary boost. That's good. That's not going to be a problem. I don't know how much of a boost and, and who else is going to want him. That's a different question. I think, so Adam, what was your final answer on the, at Sir underscore Fallon Merck 7, your preference for a team in a bowl game? Who was your uh, final, s- the one you went with? Somebody in the Cotton Bowl or Trace. I wouldn't mind going back to the Sugar Bowl because I might see a moment like this. <laughs> There was a there, there was a dance at the beginning. I... Too much fun at my expense with me not having a lot of the fun in this. So we got a couple more questions. Let's get through these questions. Okay. okay. All right. Where are we? I don't even know where we are. Uh, well, you're not paying attention, Jan. Hollis, Debbie, which player on defense and offense do you think has been most underrated? Great defense. Question. Defense, Jason Johnson. Offense, Alec Holler. I think the, both of those are, are good calls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, d- definitely Jason Johnson. Right. And, and that's going to be interesting to see, by the way whether we get uh, Devon Wilson and, and more importantly, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste back uh, this weekend after injury uh, at M underscore M and UCF. What is uh, our vision of the transfer portal this year? Expect more or less. Uh, and I think that's, you know, what I'm really interested in is that Luke Fickle has been more about the high school recruits and less on the transfer portal. We know what UCF's done. It's going to be interesting to see which vision maybe proves most successful moving into the Big 12. I, I think the way they hold back some slots is going to allow Gus to continue to attract guys, but you know, he wants those high school guys. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I don't know what he's talking, if he's talking about players coming in or players leaving, I think you're going to see a little bit of both. I mean, there, there are some schools where they're talking already about mass exodus. You've heard something like that at Miami. You've heard something like that at Texas A&M. I think this transfer portal is going to be wild again this year. I suspect Gus will be a player in some capacity. I think he'll be strategic about what he goes after. But I suspect Gus is going to try to find those guys. Auburn's going to go through a coaching change, you know, and unfortunately, you know, they're they're going to transition a, a new coaching staff in. Some guys are going to be kind of out of spots. I think you'll see Gus, um, you know, Gus maybe trying to hit the portal there. The transfer portal is this new way of life. Get used to it. Half the roster is going to be transfers in. At the risk of creating more problems for myself, that'll only be UCF. Did Trace have enough hand grenades to understand the hullabaloo? I was very moderate in my drink. What well, there was now? a drink in your hand, Trace, on that on that video. What was that drink? Uh, Manhattan, which were flowing freely at the uh, the event on that balcony at UCF XOS. Andy, do you find more satisfaction in a blowout win or a last minute nail biter? I think, from an enjoyment standpoint, the the close games the last couple of weeks have been great. Give me 50 to three every week. Hey, hey ladies. <laughs> there you go. There's 50. Are you, enjoy- are you enjoying yourself? That's about it. I really am, actually. Yeah. Nothing else to do. We're due for a, a relaxing Saturday, right? The last three games, we won by seven points or less. That hasn't happened since the end of the 2017 season when we beat um, the Cows, Memphis, and I'm sorry, the Cows, uh, yeah, Memphis and, and Auburn. So, we're due for a nice, relaxing one, hopefully, this week. 
at Las Lopez 5 is going to a New York Six game and winning but losing this last meeting to the Cows a successful season before going to the Big 12. No. Cannot <laughs> lose to Cows. Cannot lose to Cows. God, I hate the premise of that question, Mike. No, you cannot lose to the Cows. That's one of the prerequisites to having a good year. We said all year, get to the championship game. I know. But if you're throwing a cow loss in there, that, that can't happen. At Edward underscore AWRV asking me, but I'll throw it out to you guys. What's the best out-of-state regular season UCF crowd for a road game? Uh, Non-bowl. Non I mean, Tulane was a pretty good atmosphere. Uh, UCF fans definitely represented. It's a good question. I don't I... I mean, obviously, if we're not counting, we're not counting um, neutral side games because no I think the Peach Bowl obviously would be the number one. Um, yeah, he says re regular season out of state road games, so not the Tampa's, not the FAU's. Uh, we've played in a lot yeah, of big atmospheres. Uh, this, a lot of those games early on, you know, uh, were not successful on the road. Uh, the Auburns, uh, we didn't have a lot of people at Alabama, even though that was a win. I mean, I think for the crowd, the way it was vocal, uh, Tulane certainly up there. I'd be curious well, you were, other people's. You, you were there, Trace. What was the what was the split overall from the crowd? Uh, the split became higher in UCS favor as the game went along because a lot of those Tulane fans left the game, even though it was a competitive game. They announced 27 in a venue that held 30. Um, I couldn't tell from my perspective in the press box, but when I went down to the field late in the game, I mean, maybe maybe towards the end of the game was a 50-50 split. Yeah, not early on, uh, but you know, I'd say somewhere between five and ten thousand UCF fans. Uh, there and then uh we uh we opened up remembering our buddy uh james reed and a question from ucf night's watch rank your favorite at cost seg advisor gif which uh, thank goodness you know we've got twitter for a little while longer at least you can scroll through uh james's uh, and see those pictures he was still posting uh last week i i still like his his motto about uh just winning you know so that's that's still my favorite and and adam i'm really glad you reposted i listened uh, the other day, as you reposted the interview you guys had uh, with James on the on the Suns pod. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I think all of us were, um, you know, we're really hurt to hear that news. James was such a big night fan. Um, you know, Mike and I talked about it on a couple of shows. You know, when when he interacted with you on social media, you felt like you had made it. You were welcome into the night family. Uh, and, you know, he would DM and ask questions and, and we'd have conversations on text and whatnot. And uh, I think the thing about James, too, is he wasn't just a football fan. I mean, he was at every sporting event he could find. He was such a true night fan uh, and he was somebody that loved the Knights. And, uh, you know, it was it was tough to kind of hear that interview back because, um, you know, you, you, you obviously understand how much he cares about UCF, but uh, he will be certainly missed. And I think, you know, it's a true mark of somebody, Trace. He left his legacy on anybody who met him. And this is a large fan base. It's a large community. And everybody knows who Kostag is. And I think there's no better way to uh, uh, to encapsulate somebody than to, to say the, the mark and legacy he left. I love in the interview how he explains how he has a, a catalog of all these things that he uses, all his responses. And he just goes to him. And I have the top five. I have his top five. Do you? You have that, a top five. That, wow. That he, that he uses a lot. Or he used a lot. All, uh, number five, the, oh, I just peed meme. And he has the, the bull on there and bulls pee, just bulls peed ahead. That's number yes. five. Uh, number four, he uses anytime somebody talks, says something about UCF, and he's like, you know, yeah, that's right. He puts the Breaking Bad, you goddamn right. Okay, <laughs> right? That's a good one. Um, number three, he did this for basically every opponent from the movie Three Hundred. This is Sparta, and it and UCF kicking the opponent into the pit. That's number three. Number two, um, I believe it's from I forget which movie it was with Jim Carrey. I think me, myself, and Irene when he's the cop and he's pounding on the cow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that, that's a great one. And then, of course, number one, I don't care, just win. So there's the top five memes or gifts that he used all the time. Yeah, they got the win at Tulane. Final score prediction for this one, Navy at UCF Saturday. Like this is a tough transition, obviously, going from James to uh, to talking football. But that's what he wants us to do, Trace. I think he also might want me to do this. <laughs> Ah, there we go. Point, way to Trace, it, did so. you say, say the words, girl, you got to earn these beads? <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither going to confirm nor deny any variation of that phrase. Final score prediction, guys. Let's uh, mercifully get out of here. 
Jeez, I've never wanted one of these uh, to end so much. Give, give me 34, uh, 14 UCF. Covering 31, the spread. 30, you got covering the spread too. Yeah, 31, 10. I, I mean, I could see it being 17, 10 at the half. And then, you know, a couple touchdowns in the second half pull away. 34, 21. Uh, so I don't think they cover the spread. I think it's a little bit tighter, but uh, UCF typically scores in the 30s on this one. I want to thank all our guests, Pete in between races, Tyler Paul, and uh, Chris on his way to Tosh, uh, his show in downtown Orlando. All right, everybody, enjoy the final bounce house during the regular season. We'll see you out there with Jan and Britt for night walk. Uh, be sure to say hi if you see us uh, and welcome these uh, young people to the game against Navy. And uh, seniors walk at 1025. I don't know how many people are going to be in the stadium, but they certainly, all those seniors deserve uh, a big cheer. Be interesting to see who may not walk. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe was asked that question on Monday and he was non-committal. So also be interesting to see that. Uh, for Adam and Mike, I am Trace Trollco. Go Knights, everybody. Charge on. Charge on, ladies. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.